1: Welcome in for the Friday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 1067. Alberta Baleika sports leader, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird filling in for Bill Cameron and Dan Peck here from four to six on this Friday afternoon, Friday, February 10th. 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all have some fantastic plans for the weekend. It's a big sports weekend. Uh, like I said on our show on the line here around Auburn and in the world of sports. It is Super Bowl weekend. Uh it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up this weekend. You've got Auburn gymnastics tonight, Auburn basketball tomorrow. So uh busy, busy time in the world of sports. But uh hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. Again, Carter and I just wrapped up our show on the line, uh, which is from two to four here on ESPN 106.7, and now filling in here on The Drive, here on ESPN 106.7, and... Want to get through a couple of things. The first hour of the drive is brought to you by Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They also sponsor the phone line where you can join us on the Kia of Auburn phone or hotline, if you will, 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, lots of great conversations we're going to have today. Uh, Talking Auburn and Alabama basketball as they will uh, do battle tomorrow inside of Neville Arena. Talk a little bit of SEC news. We'll talk the Super Bowl a little bit. Should be a great show. So join us on the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390. And if you'd like to text a question or comment to us, you can
2: hit us uh, on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors by texting 334 564
1: they also sponsor the daily podcast of The Drive. You can listen to it uh, at ESPNAU.com or wherever you get your podcast. It is sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And again, it's available on the ESPN 1067 app or ESPNAU.com. But uh, yeah, great show on tap for you today. And again, lots of stuff going on in the world of sports. And Carter, we'll start with the news coming out of the Big 12, which will now be SEC news as well about uh, Texas and Oklahoma will be joining the SEC a year earlier than what was originally predicted or if you, uh, if you were not aware, it was thought about that they were going to be coming to the SEC in 2025, but they are paying a combined $100 million to leave the Big 12. They will now become a part of the SEC as of July 1st, 2024, and that means this upcoming football season will be the last of this scheduling format. It'll be the last year of 14 SEC teams in 2024. We will have 16 SEC teams. Teams. Just before we get into the the actual formatting of itself, what do you think about Texas, Oklahoma coming to the SEC for football, basketball, and all the other sports across?
2: Oh, well, I think it's a great addition to the conference in terms of it's going to make this conference better at basketball. In the long run, they'll be better in football. Right now, both those programs a little bit down uh but i think you you you're, you're, you're going to see oklahoma bounce back uh pretty quickly probably this year i think that they're going to end up winning the big 12 uh texas whoever figures out the the puzzle the enigma that is texas football can build a monster uh nobody's done it since mac brown yeah so who knows if sark can do that uh it definitely helps in baseball i mean you have texas as one of the best programs in the country uh the their head coach is actually the coach that uh, recruited me to Tulane. Uh, really? Th- th- gave me my first offer in baseball, and I committed to him for a wow. while. And then he left for Texas, and uh, <laughs> I ended up not going to Tulane. You didn't get the
1: follow to um, go to Texas? No.
2: No. Uh, but they're a really good program. Oklahoma is coming off a College World Series in baseball. Like They add a lot when you actually think about it in terms of making the conference better, a lot more money coming yes. in the door as well. Um, but I do think it creates a situation where I'm not sure you're going to see very many undefeated SEC football teams anymore.
1: Well, think about how hard it's going to be. Think about yeah.
2: how hard it is right exactly. now. Exactly.
1: Like, it's very difficult. You're about
2: to play nine conference games. Right,
1: it's going to go from eight to nine
2: because I do not see the scenario of it going to the the alternate scenario is a one-in-seven. One-in-seven
1: uh, oh, one permanent, conference. seven rotating. Yeah, yeah, which
2: would be Auburn and Alabama, mm-hmm. and then it would be, which Tennessee would have uh, riots about that because it would no longer have their number, who they considered their number one rival. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you're going to play nine conference games. You're adding two top fifteen, top twenty, pro, or top fifteen programs in college football. It just makes it that much more challenging. I think we talked about this on the the line. Everybody's schedule is going to get a little bit more difficult. Everybody's schedule is going to get more difficult with the exception
1: of Auburn. I think Auburn's, by default, has to get a little bit easier. Right, and I I said that even if it doesn't technically get easier, everybody else's will get harder, and so... It'll all be on a level playing field because we know that Auburn plays the toughest schedule in college football just about every single year. They play the toughest one in the SEC. There's no doubt about that. So will they get a little bit easier by default? Yeah, probably. But everybody else's will also Mm -hmm. get a little bit tougher, so that will even the playing field a little bit in SEC football.
2: I think on paper it might technically get harder for Auburn because you're going to play, as long as you continue to go play, an out-of-conference P5 game like Mm -hmm. Auburn is slated to do for a long time. Most schools are slated to do for a long time. Well into like the 2030s. Yes. Uh, As long as Auburn is continuing to do that, when you add a ninth Power Five game, yeah, it's going to, probably on paper, it may be a harder schedule. But when you take into account everybody else, when you compare with everybody else, what Auburn's been doing for years and years and years, playing... Because they're the only team in this conference that plays Georgia,
1: a and LSU, Alabama every single year. Yep. And, the and, only that's, one. and that's where the whole new formatting, scheduling thing comes into play, where it seems to be that the SEC and most major conferences. Some have already done it. Uh, it seems that the SEC is going to go this route. The East and the West divisions are going to be uh, thrown in the trash. Those will be non-existent anymore. It'll be 16 teams in one big conference. No divisions, no separation, anything like that. And it's looking like this is, seems to be the, the general consensus is that each team within the SEC for football will have three permanent opponents, and six rotating opponents because you'll play nine conference games every single year. You'll move from eight and go up to nine. And this has been the conversation and the question now that that we pose to our listeners, we'd love to hear from you on the key of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390, is what should Auburn's three permanent opponents be who should it be and why who do you want it to be and why and who do you not want in there right and and i think that when you look at all the different websites and platforms and journalists and everybody's got their own predictions there's two that are pretty common that uh, auburn is going to get no doubt about auburn's going to get alabama and auburn's going to get georgia every single year But the third team is what is interesting now about who does Auburn get as that third permanent opponent, and I think they're taking uh, rivalries into consideration, they're taking history into consideration, and they're also taking uh, geographic location into consideration. And this is an open discussion because we don't know who it's going to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and there's a lot of buzz about potentially Auburn picking the Auburn-Florida game every year back up. I don't love that. Uh, I don't think that that is fair to Auburn. Right, I agree. Um, Because you, no matter how you slice it right now, Alabama and Georgia are the two premier schools, programs, in football in the country, much less the SEC. So when you look at, I mean, yes, adding Texas and Oklahoma, those are two good programs, but they don't challenge those two at the top right now. And so when you take into account that Auburn is going to have to have three permanent opponents, they're going to keep Alabama. That is going to happen. 99.9% chance that they keep Georgia. And so you would hope in the name of fairness that you draw a Missouri or a Vanderbilt or a Mississippi State for that third one the last school the last two schools that you for me that would be really fun from a rivalry perspective but would make that auburn schedule a nightmare is if they figured out a way to give auburn lsu or florida yeah i agree i and agree keep in mind if we're talking rivalries you got to keep georgia florida you're probably more likely to keep LSU-Florida. So unless you are sticking Florida with LSU-Georgia-Auburn, which seems not as bad as Auburn, but pretty unfair to them as well, Mm -hmm. or unless you are, because LSU-A&M is a manufactured rivalry that has gone become one of the most fun games every single year right now. So when you look at that one... They're going to keep LSU and they're going to keep AM. They're probably going to keep LSU Alabama. They probably are with what that game has become as I mean, well. They should. I think it should. And so like the what I think the conference is going to have to weigh is how much do we value these rivalries that if they are not played, if they're
1: not permanently played, they will be get played Every other year. Which is important to mention of how this is all going to work. Even if you don't play that one team every single year, you will play them twice in a four year span. They could make some absolute beast permanent rivals, permanent
2: opponents for teams where they're playing some amazing uh, games, some yeah. rivalry games every single year. But then you're going to have like Vanderbilt playing like Missouri and. Kentucky
1: and Tennessee I guess because Tennessee I guess is their rival, yeah and you know you look at the different the different predictions on the different sites the one that popped out and has really gotten a lot of noise is Sports Illustrated uh, that's the one that seems to be the most popular right now is the Sports Illustrated predictions and you look at some of the teams and talking about the three permanent opponents uh, that with this new format of nine conference games, three permanent opponents, six rotating opponents, now that Texas and Oklahoma will be joining the SEC a year earlier in 2024. According to Sports Illustrated, here's how they've got a couple of these teams uh, le- leveled out here. Alabama, which this is tough. Auburn, Tennessee, their two big rivals, and LSU, their other big rival. Yeah. So they would get Auburn, Tennessee, LSU. That makes make sense. You can make this
2: really difficult on Alabama, on Auburn, on LSU, mm-hmm. on Florida. Yeah. You can make it really difficult on yeah. those schools. But then you are you're lessening your likelihood in an expanded playoff. If you make it a little bit even and you lighten up that third game for everybody, we could be talking about an
1: SEC that could get four, five teams in the college football playoff? Well, when Greg Sankey was asked about how many teams he expects the SEC to get into a 12-team playoff, he joked and said 12. He <laughs> joked and said 12. And if you go that route where you make the schedule a little bit easier for everybody, yes. yes, you have a chance to get half the field in there. I don't think it's unheard of to get six or seven. That's what I'm saying. I don't you think it's get, unheard you of.
2: You could get six or seven but in there. If you if you make LSU – And Florida and Auburn and Alabama run absolute gauntlets. It's not going to
1: happen. And then for what?
2: Well, I mean, Texas is going to get Arkansas no matter what. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Oklahoma's would look like. Well, according to to
1: to SI, Oklahoma would have Texas, Missouri, and Florida. Which Florida is like a, that's out of left field. Is Florida going to play the whole conference? I don't know. Florida, again, just look at Sports Illustrated. Florida
2: plays 15 conference games every year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, Florida's been that team that everybody's throwing around because it's a fun matchup, right? But, again, looking at the predictions from Sports Illustrated, Alabama has Auburn, Tennessee, LSU. Auburn has Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina as that third rotator. Florida, like, I hate that one. Like... I, that doesn't that get me excited, but again, that's means that means nothing to me. That's that third weaker game where you're okay you're with playing give South the weaker
2: Carolina. Game, like, if if you're going with the mindset of okay, we're going to make the third game easier,
1: you you got to give Auburn Vanderbilt. You got to, which, which has my, been a popular pick as well. But the more I think
2: about it, the more I don't think it is feasible for Auburn to play Florida as a third permanent opponent because of the fact that they're going to keep Georgia, Florida. Yeah. And they're more than likely going to keep LSU Florida over Auburn
1: Florida. You're looking at this from a Florida perspective.
2: Yes. Because that that's their permanent cross division opponent right now. That's one of their other rivalry
1: games. And then they'll get Kentucky. SI has it for Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. Yeah,
2: that's I that's
1: unbelievably
2: difficult. And that is probably not the best for uh Florida from a travel perspective. That's what i saying. To, you're having to go to Baton Rouge, and you, then
1: you're having to go to Norman. I don't understand them playing Oklahoma. Like, why did that just get orchestrated all of a sudden? Because I'm with you. Florida needs to play Georgia and LSU every year. Yes, they need to play those two teams every single year. And I just I have a hard time
2: th- seeing them tack on Auburn to that. I agree because it that makes it you're talking about the same difficult situation with Auburn. Teams. Yeah, and then. The same same thing would happen for LSU, and the same thing could happen for Alabama if you're picking up Tennessee, you're picking up Auburn, uh, and you're picking up LSU, and
1: LSU's picking up Alabama, A&M, uh, and Florida and a discussion that you and I had off the air texting back and forth about this was we find it really, really hard to believe that Auburn will not end up with a Mississippi school as one of their three permanent ones. I think either Ole Miss or Mississippi State, that just makes sense. I don't I, – I. personally, I
2: don't think, I don't think it's going to be a Mississippi school. I just don't okay, – because I think, I think you're going to see – I think you're going to get for, for LSU, if I had to guess – I think you you see L S U draw Alabama, A and M and Ole Miss. And so which is
1: how Sports Illustrated has it right now.
2: And then I see Ole Miss getting L S U Mississippi State and choose somebody. I don't see it being Auburn right now just because I think that to spread that around, mm-hmm. you gotta give I don't know, I could see like um I, I think there's a lot of scenarios where a school like Ole Miss gets a very easy-looking schedule, and a school like South too. Carolina gets a very easy-looking schedule. Um, if you want to be really nice to Vanderbilt, you could give them a bunch of nobodies, I guess. But but like, Missouri, but there's not a lot of thro- nobodies to throw around. And Ole Miss and South Carolina, these schools that – are none of the big dogs like deep-rooted rivalry. Those schools might get some really favorable matchups.
1: And those are the ones that are going to be your plug-and-play type of things. Those types of schools, and that's a good way to put it, Carter, as we get to a break those schools that are not cemented in deep big time rivalries we got to give them a big dog but you yeah. got to figure out a way to make it work but you got those are the ones that you can sort of plug in where the holes need to be plugged in we got to get to our first break here in hour number 1 of the Friday edition of the Drive give us a call we'd love to hear from you who do you want Auburn's opponents to be which matchups have to remain of these permanent opponents now that Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC 334 321 1390 we'll continue on the other side here on the Friday Drive Welcome back into the Friday edition of The Drive. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, filling in for Bill and Dan here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika sports leader. We actually got a text on the uh, text box and it was a baseball question from John and so we will address that right now. He asked a, a question about Auburn baseball. Uh, we actually talked a lot of Auburn baseball on our mm-hmm. show on the line from 2 to 4 the show right before The Drive uh, with Lindsay Crosby of Auburn Daily and locked on MLB prospects. So if you want to hear some of that uh you can go and catch that podcast at espnau.com on the line and the drive podcast both are there uh but question from john he says that auburn was picked to finish sixth in the sec west for baseball this year in 2023 does that sound right to us no it does not no it
2: does that's horrible i think fifth is probably right for auburn this year and you can make
1: an argument for fourth
2: You can, I think, right now going into this season, LSU is going to be the class of the West in my mind. Yes. And you've got an Ole Miss team that just won a national championship. I think they've had to reload. I think they're very young. They're kind of unproven. Um, Arkansas just went to a College World Series. A&M just went to a College World Series. So did Auburn. Um, I think both of those teams are probably, considering what Auburn lost, Probably are rightfully ahead of Auburn, and then I think you should probably put the defending national champion higher than auburn, but the one the one that really, really bothers me is Alabama, putting out like Alabama has not done much of anything. In
1: baseball in a decade. And it's not the fact that it's Alabama. It's just the fact of the difference in the level of program right now between Auburn and Alabama. You were telling me some of this stuff during the break. It's it's mind-boggling that they just haven't had any success in the last decade.
2: In the past decade, Alabama has made the NCAA tournament three times. Under their current coach, Brad Bohannon, who we are going to what? We are going to the into year six for him. He has made the tournament once. And they got bounced in a regional uh in rusted when they they went to La Tech. How about that? For, yeah. for, for a regional, just for a random little thing for you there. So they have made the tournament three times in the last decade. Auburn, in contrast, has made the tournament five times in the last decade. hmm And in Butch's tenure, he takes you to a regional final in twenty seventeen. In Tallahassee, the year after that, he takes you to Game Three of a Gainesville Super Regional because you you go to um, NC State and you go to Raleigh and you win the Raleigh Regional. You go then to number one Florida in a Super Regional. And you take them to a third game and you lose a heartbreaker. So you you go to a Super Regional. Alabama hasn't done that in a decade. Then you look at 2019. You go to the College World Series, 2020 season postponed, 2021 down year. Auburn doesn't make the tournament, and then last year, which I can you can make an argument is Butch Thompson's best team. They felt better prepared. Um, they, I think it's Butch's best coaching job. Auburn wins, hosts a regional, wins that regional. Goes to Corvallis for a Super Regional. Plays, what, the number three team in the country? Yeah, Oregon State. And beats them. Goes to a second College World Series in Butch Thompson's tenure. I don't understand. Like, what am I missing? Butch has shown you he is one of the best coaches in college baseball. Brad Bohannon
1: has three winning seasons. Which is why it's so baffling to see the fact that Auburn is picked to finish 6th in the SEC West this year in baseball. I just think they have more talent than Alabama. They've definitely got the better coach than Alabama. And, is, and, and some people may say, well, the difference between being picked 5th and 6th is not that big of a deal. Alabama's
2: more experienced this year, I would say.
1: They are. They're more experienced. But again, people may say, okay, well, 5th and 6th, that's not that big of a deal. But it is because Auburn in my opinion, will be a better team than Alabama in a stacked SEC West side of the SEC. But here's the biggest surprise out of that is the fact that Mississippi State is picked to finish last in the SEC West.
2: I think you can make an argument that State could have a very big bounce back year. They had really tough uh, injury luck this past year. Uh, something else I do want to say. I made this argument before, and, I I, and Lindsey, when we were talking on our show, he said he hadn't really thought about it. I think there's a legitimate chance this year in the SEC in baseball, all seven of the West play in the tournament, and all seven in the West, if they were in the East, would finish above South Carolina, who is picked fourth in the East. Definitely ahead of Georgia. Definitely ahead of Georgia. Yes. Which, which that's another conversation. that Georgia is in an incredibly talent-rich state. All the biggest tournaments in the country are played in Atlanta. And yet, they can't sustain success in baseball. It's the most baffling thing I've ever seen. They should be consistently a top-ten team in the country. But for some reason, they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Auburn. When you look at Butch Thompson versus Brad Bohannon, Brad Bohannon technically has four winning seasons. The COVID year, they didn't. They were really cooking in non-conference play. They were yeah. six, sixteen and one, but they didn't play any conference games. But I, I just, I don't know how you can tell me that Butch Thompson, with what he's shown you in eight years you can tell me that Brad Bohannon is going to have a better team than him. I don't know why you aren't giving Butch Thompson the benefit of the doubt there.
1: So to answer your question, John, no, it does not sound right to us, the fact that Auburn was picked to finish sixth in the SEC West for baseball this season. But, hey, season opener's coming up next weekend against Indiana. So excited to uh, start to hear the ding of the bats over at Plainsman Park. We'll get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we'll talk some Auburn basketball as they host Alabama, the number three team in the country, in Neville Arena tomorrow, also college game day going to be on the campus of Auburn University. We'll talk about all of that when we come back here on the Friday Drive.
0: On the Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390 Toll-free at 888 382 7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Back inside the ESPN 1067 studio here at Auburn Network. Jacob Goins and Carter Byrd with you on the Friday edition of The Drive, filling in for Bill and Dan. They are both out of town, so it is the Jacob and Carter show on ESPN 106.7 all afternoon long. We had our 2-4 to on the line show here on ESPN 106.7, now filling in from 4-6 to here on The Drive. And we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, give us a call, comments, questions, concerns. uh, We'd love to hear from you on the Kia of auburn hotline 334-321-1390 and well, we've covered football we've covered baseball time to cover a little basketball now as auburn hosts alabama tomorrow inside of neville arena one o'clock that game will be on espn college game day is in town for the third time Uh, They've never been to Alabama, if any of you are wondering, so that's exciting. But Auburn hosting game day. They're also hosting Alabama. 1 o'clock on ESPN. Alabama, the number three team in the land. According to ESPN's matchup predictor, they are a 65% chance to win. Two and a half point favorites on the road in Neville Arena. Carter, we talked about this on our show, but I want to get into it again. Just your feeling about this Auburn team right now in this game tomorrow against Alabama. I
2: think Auburn is going to show up ready to go. I think they're be they're going to play extremely hard. The crowd is going to give them energy, especially right off the bat. Uh, I think Auburn's can Auburn can limit Alabama a little bit defensively with the way that they've played this year. Um, Alabama, I think, can do the same thing back to Auburn. Though, uh, I do wonder. I do wonder how the environment affects Alabama, because it's probably going to be about as if not the most hostile environment that this Alabama team has played
1: in. I was about to say this should be the the toughest place they have to play all season. I mean season they went up.
2: on the road to LSU, if you look at their they they went on the road to Oklahoma, an Oklahoma team that's pretty good,
1: but I mean I mean okay. when when you say that it, that it Alabama Missouri. goes on the road to to Oklahoma, like you're not shaking in your boots thinking about having to play basketball in Norman.
2: They went to Arkansas. That's uh, a good one. Which is a good one. I just don't know if we knew Alabama was this at that point in time. They went to Mississippi State first SEC game. Like they just have not. The hump can be a, a tough place to play. They have not played against a crowd like they're going to see tomorrow, especially with College Game Day coming. Student section is going to be filled three hours before tip.
1: They need to, they need to be the difference tomorrow, the student and section. I think they will be. I think they will, too. Uh,
2: I mean, they, they started camping out last, last
1: night. <laughs> last night. Yeah, Pearlville is alive and well. If you have not seen the pictures and videos, uh, it is a it's tent city out in front of it's Neville not Orlando. quite
2: what it was last year Give, when,
1: when Kentucky was here. They have, what, like 15 hours?
2: Well, I mean, Kentucky last year started on, like, Wednesday. Yeah, it was insane. It was nuts, and it was freezing cold. Yes, it's gonna it be, was. It's going to be cold, but it was like right around and maybe below freezing during that.
1: But I think Auburn's record being unranked maybe plays into that a little bit. I hope not, and I hope it doesn't play into the crowd inside of Neville Arena tomorrow at tip-off at 1 o'clock, because... Look, Auburn Auburn needs the crowd to be there and be the difference tomorrow because when you go to play in Coleman Coliseum, it's going to be tough. How about this
2: from 16 minutes ago? The Auburn Jungle tweeted this out. Okay. Get your popcorn ready because it's movie night in hashtag Jungle Village. How are they, they pulling are, that off? They are, I, lo- I guess they're putting up a screen and a projector and they're getting some speakers because they're going to play Top Gun Maverick <laughs> outside Neville Arena tonight Wow. at
1: 10.30 p.m. That is awesome. Also, you're starting that movie at 10.30 p.m. too. Uh, yeah, which I it's mean, a little late. It's a little late, but, I mean, what else you got to do? They're literally just going to be sitting there camping out waiting for the doors to open for college that's game day that's unbelievable that, that is so i wonder good. is the jungle putting that on or it appears so interesting it appears so well when i was in college when i was in school um, weagle would go out before games and they would set up their speakers and computers and stuff and they play yeah. and, you know play music and, that and stuff that could still happen tomorrow morning oh i'm sure it will and i'm sure you know we've seen in the past where bruce and the team they come out and give you know donuts or biscuits or something for the students camping out right to show their appreciation uh, for for the students showing up. So I'm sure something like that will happen tomorrow morning uh, before college game day. But, uh, no, that's exciting. They're going to be watching a movie out there in Pearlville.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And especially, I guess, they're they're starting it at that time because of the gymnastics meet that we haven't even talked about yet today. Yeah, which there's a line for the gymnastics meet already. There was a
1: line this morning for the gymnastics meet. Number
2: five versus number nine, and you have the two... Most prominent in terms of yeah nil value female athletes in the country in the same arena with mm-hmm. Libby Dunn and Suni Lee. Yeah, it's going to be a
1: fantastic meet tonight.
2: I think they are f- number five and number nine. I think mm-hmm. in the on three nil one hundred. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, gymnastics, when you get big names like that, Suni Lee, we obviously know uh, what she has become in the NIL world. She is absolutely crushing it. Uh, But, yeah, that's exciting as well. Auburn gymnastics tonight uh, hosting LSU in a top 10 showdown in Neville Arena. Again, there was a line for that starting early this morning for the gymnastics meet, and then everybody else lined up for the basketball game.
2: Yeah, it was a big week for Auburn athletics because you had – the basketball matchup uh, last night with number one South Carolina did not go great on the women's but side. But it yeah. is, it is um, a gauntlet of a program. A as Lin- Lindsey Crosby, who we had on hour uh, number one of our show earlier today, a dynastic program. Dynastic, uh, which is a phenomenal word. I love that <laughs> word. I'm gonna start using that all the it's time. A very now.
1: uncommon, soft Softball. Used word.
2: Opened today, got a six nothing win over Saint John's. They are currently up five to nothing uh headed to the fourth inning over Fordham in their opening day matchups. But yeah, a lot of action. Uh, Baseball
1: scrimmage going on.
2: Yes, right now. Unveiling some dope all blue jerseys.
1: They are sweet. Oh my god, they're, they're awesome. so good. They're amazing.
2: You know what? I want now, right? So, so it, they're wearing grays. The white, the white team is wearing gray, all gray, Auburn script. The blue team is wearing all blue. Looks unbelievable. White trim know, down the side. I know they have an all white version. I know they have an all cream version. Do they have an all orange one?
1: I'm sure they do. This goes back to football season, man. If Auburn is Auburn going to wear the orange jerseys? Well, this is different. Baseball, you have a bunch of jerseys. I know, but
2: but and then follow up to that: Is there
1: an all did did an all version? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh god! Oh, everybody's no. favorite. Everybody's no. Everybody's least favorite. But uh, no, Auburn baseball did that'd be release so, uh, that.
2: would Be so funny.
1: That would be. It would be funny, but it be worth it? Eh, I don't no, know. it would not be financially <laughs> no. Yeah, because they don't have any money over there. But, uh no, they did release some very cool uniforms for Auburn baseball. If you have not seen them, look them up. They're everywhere on Twitter. Uh Jason Caldwell uh, has t- two really good pictures of them on his Twitter account, so you can go and look that up if you want to see those. But, yes, very busy weekend here on the Plains for Auburn Athletics. Softball, baseball, gymnastics, basketball, men's and women's. So, uh lots going on. And to bring this back to Auburn and Alabama basketball tomorrow... Again, we'd love to hear from uh, from the listeners. What do you think about the game tomorrow? Does Auburn have a chance tomorrow against Alabama? What do they have to do to get a win against the number three Alabama Crimson Tide? Give us a call on the key of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. But uh, just to look at this team right now for Auburn, take the game out of it, just to look at this team, they've got some issues. They've got some issues. They've got some problems, and... They've had some tough losses over the last couple of weeks in some games that they could have won, some games that they should have won. And the biggest problem right now, Auburn does not have a go-to guy late game offensively. They just don't have it.
2: Well, you do. You have the guy who has everything you could possibly want, but he lacks one thing. He lacks the mentality and the confidence to do it. Jalen Williams should be that guy. 100 times out of 100 with this roster right now. With his skill set, the talent he has, his ability to shoot, he should be that guy. But he just he he passed up on it against, what was it, Tennessee? No, it was against A&M. Against A&M, he, he passed up on it. He does, for whatever reason, because... We saw it with Chuma. We saw it with Isaac. These guys who it took them time for it to click that they were that guy on their respective Auburn team. Chuma, it took until year two. It took till around the Georgia game when he hits the buzzer beater there, and then it clicked, and Bruce had been saying all year, you're the best player on the court every time we go out there. And it clicked, and he turned into a monster. And he was so good, especially in that tournament run until he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Isaac, I think something similar happened. It happened a lot sooner. In his freshman year, in the middle of SEC play, it clicked. Where he just and he turned went it on. to a different level because then he realized, I am the best athlete on the court. I am very fast. I'm unbelievably strong. I can. My first step is great. I can get by somebody and get to the rim. I've got a 45 inch vertical or whatever it is because he could jump out of the gym. He and he was not an awful three three point shooter at Auburn either. He was not. It started bad. It got a lot better over the course. I think as he built confidence on the Mm -hmm. offensive end, he figured that out. Jalen Williams has such remarkable similarities. To those two guys, to me, from from the maybe not realizing just how talented of a player he is at the beginning, and how great he can be, but for some reason, we're sitting here in year four, and it hasn't clicked yet. It, the there the flip hasn't been switched for that dog mentality that I am going, I am the best option. I am the guy for this team. I'm going to go get a bucket. Jabari had it last year, but Jabari figured it out in game like
1: two. Jabari figured it out the first time he picked up a basketball. Like (laughs) Jabari Smith is completely different. But here's the thing about that, though, Carter, is it comes back to the fact that this team is a bad shooting team, and we knew that coming into the season. At this point in their college career, are they just going to switch and turn it on? I don't think so. No, I, okay, so so I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that at all. Yeah. There's oh, flaws I, on this I know roster. what you're saying, but I, I'm saying even there, with Jaylen Williams, I don't think he, he, he flips will, that he's switch. He's your best shooter. But, but we've seen that flip get switched
2: in a few guys that Bruce Pearl has had. And we've seen it happen in real
1: time. We've seen it click. We've seen them ascend to a different level. Well, part of the problem is they don't get him the basketball either.
2: Well, there's times where he gets the basketball and he doesn't look to actually do anything with it and he looks to get it out of his hand as fast as possible.
1: And that's the thing is we've been begging this dude to do something like this for three years now because we know how good well, he is, how athletic he in, is. In
2: his career at Auburn, he has never been in the situation where he is the guy. He had Isaac as a freshman who became the guy and you also had Samir who had that mentality and could score as well. And and Samir is one of my favorite Auburn players in recent memory, but he had all the he just oozed confidence. Is he above and or below sweater.
1: Katie Johnson? <laughs>
2: Good one. <laughs> then the next year, funny, you had I I don't I personally I I'm not sure Jalen Williams viewed himself as on par talent wise with J T Thor who was seventeen. Uh, but but who we've but, talked but about. You also, had, you also had Sharif, which when he was there, that was your guy. That was, so I don't think Jalen, granted, he practiced with those guys. So I don't think you didn't see him in the game as much. But I don't think he thought he was the guy on that team or he could be the guy on that team. He probably needed to be. Instead, they turned to Allen Flanagan when there were, were no guards anymore. And that's when we saw the best stretch of Alan Flanagan's career. Mm-hmm. Until, where he was until, predicting a first-round draft pick. About th- There's about a three-week period this year where he's been really good with a blip or two where it has not been as pretty. Um, but Jalen Williams, on this roster right now, Jalen Williams is the most talented player. And you would expect it to
1: click, and it just hasn't. And that's my worry is... We're sitting here talking about this on February 10th. You have a month left of the regular season. Is it going to flip? Is that switch going to be turned on for Jalen Williams? I just don't know if it is. And the problem is they don't make him a priority. He doesn't make himself a priority. And I just don't think it's going to happen at this point in the season. I think this Auburn team... They are what they are, and we'll talk about it some more as we go on throughout the show. we got to get to our final break here in hour number one of the Friday edition of The Drive. When we come back, we'll preview the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. It is Super Bowl Sunday in just a couple of days. We'll talk Eagles and Chiefs when we come back.
0: The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Wrapping up
1: our number one here on the Friday edition of The Drive, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird filling in for Bill and Dan on this Friday afternoon as we've been talking all things Auburn Athletics. We've touched football, baseball, basketball, and now going to talk for the next couple of minutes before we get out of here for the bottom of the hour break, or top of the hour break, excuse me, is the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. It is a... A uh, big day around America, and let me be one of the people to preach the the fact and idea that the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I just think that should be a thing. We should get off work for that. I have put in my um, put in my recommendation to our boss Steve Witten. I uh, don't think he. he I don't think no. he. I don't think he's going for it. But um, I I still think it should be because you should not be punished. For the biggest game of the year being on a Sunday, because look, you go to you get with a group of friends, right? You eat a bunch of food, you stay up late, you watch the Super Bowl, then you have to go to bed and get up and go to work the next day. Uh-huh. Like, boo, right? Like, it should be a national yeah. holiday. It should be a day off of work the the day after the Super Bowl.
2: Agreed. No, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's the most watch what sporting event in given game a single game because I know soccer fans. World Cup fans will... Yeah, you may want to just say in that. America, but... I, I think it's, as far as an individual game
1: that happens every single year, it's the most watched thing in the world, is it not? Probably, yeah. I mean, probably numbers-wise, but but it should be an exciting one uh, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs Jalen Hurts who is the uh, 50-50 split of Alabama Oklahoma former quarterback and also Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs who just won his second NFL MVP last night uh both of those will both of those guys will go at it on Sunday in the Super Bowl Chiefs favored by or excuse me the Eagles favored by a point and a half total is at 50 and a half uh, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think a lot of people do as well. Uh, Carter, what matchup are you looking forward to the most? Offensively, defensively, player-on-player, player, whatever it may be. What are you looking for in this game?
2: To me, there's two things I want to see. I just want to see what Jalen Hurts lo- looks like in general. I want to see if he's able to hit the big plays. Um, if he's able to do that. Um I think the Eagles are going to put up a lot of points. I think that they are capable of scoring with the Chiefs. And then the other one is, how does this Kansas City offensive line match up with this Eagles D-line that is really good, really good, four double-digit sack getters on that defensive line? This could be, if Kansas City is just not up to the task at all, we could be talking about a situation where Pat Mahomes on a bum ankle is running for his life back there, and you could see what we saw what two year two three years ago when when they played the Bucks and he,
1: it, the offense was never in rhythm. Yeah, well you bring you bring up Mahomes' injury, and that's where I was going to go is that's what I'm looking for because you bring up the the matchup of the Eagles' defensive line who is just filled out with a bunch of studs versus Kansas City's offensive line. If the, if the Eagles are able to get to Patrick Mahomes and bump him around a little bit, knock him on the ground, possibly um, mess with that injury again, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if Patrick Mahomes gets re-injured in this game, the Eagles may run away with this thing. I've talked about it. We made picks on our show. Who do you have again, Carter? Who do you think wins? I think the Chiefs do it. I, just, wow. I, I trust
2: Pat Mahomes to make more plays than Jalen Hurst
1: right now. I have the Eagles winning by double digits, 10 plus, 34-24 will be your final score in the Super Bowl on Sunday. We're out of time in hour number one of the drive, but stay tuned. We'll talk more football and Auburn basketball coming up. Hour number two here on the Friday Drive.
0: roundtable. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is sports.
3: I'm now. Kevin Winter. Tiger Woods played only nine rounds of golf last season after he recovered from two brutal injuries to his legs in the February of 2021 car crash just outside of Los Angeles. Tiger only plays majors. That's about to change next week. Tiger announces he's coming back to play golf. Quote, I'm ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week. He'll tee it up at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club on the West Coast Swing. They're in Los Angeles next week. This week, they're in Phoenix on the PGA Tour for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Scotty Shuffler today, a 7 under 64 in the stadium course. He leads John Rahm by two. Wyndham Clark. By three, play currently continuing on ESPN+. No Luka Doncic tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. Fourth consecutive game he's going to miss with a heel injury. Dallas's road trip continues. They're in Sacramento on ESPN television. Boston plays host to the Charlotte Hornets. Celtics head coach Joe Mazzula on the interim basis says Al Horford is out. Rob Williams and Malcolm Brogdon return.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1 800 Progressive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive, hour number
1: two. Here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader, Jacob Goins, Carter Byrd, filling in for Bill and Dan here on this Friday, February 10th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Well, It's been a dreary day here in the Auburn Opelika area, but uh, hope you're all doing well. Hope you all have some fantastic plans. For this weekend, Auburn Gymnastics tonight at Neville Arena, Auburn Basketball tomorrow at Neville Arena, and uh, Super Bowl on Sunday. So, very busy around the world of sports, and this is the second hour of The Drive. It is brought to you by the good folks at The Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you on the web at theorthoclinic.com. And um, we'd love for you to be a part of the show on the show on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And if you happen to miss any of the first hour of the drive today, you can go and find it at ESPNAU.com, the commercial-free podcast. It is brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, again on the ESPN 1067 app or wherever you get your podcasts. And then also,
2: if you'd like to text a question or comment to us, uh, you can... Hit us up on the uh, Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors
1: by texting... 334-564-1840. 334 564 1840. Had a good question in there about baseball during the first hour. And again, you could text us on the drive text box or give us a call on the Key of Auburn hotline, 334 3, 1, 1390. Anything on your mind, anything that we're talking about? How do you feel about Auburn basketball tomorrow, uh, hosting number three Alabama? How do you feel about Texas, Oklahoma coming into the SEC a year early? Who's your Super Bowl pick? Who wins on Sunday and why? We'd love to hear from you on all of those.
2: What do you think Nate Oates' Super Bowl pick is?
1: That was bad. What? Come on Wait, now. was that a reference to... Yes, it was. Okay, I thought it was. That's why I was saying that was a... That was a really bad reading, joke. I'm reading about it on Twitter. It, 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 hey, now, now, okay. So, you made you, a thousand times worse joke on the
2: air? I have
1: made really bad dad jokes. Dad jokes. I haven't made any actual bad jokes, but dad jokes, yes. But what? Okay, let's let's start with that then, because what did you think about that? Nate Oates on his weekly sports talk show or his weekly, you know, game show or I whatever.
2: I think he's an idiot for saying that because that is you're talking about an Auburn program that is, has been the best program in the SEC
1: over the last five years. Well, let me say, before because if people haven't heard or seen what it is, Nate Oates in his sort of like a Tiger Talk version, right, It's that Bruce Pearl does with the Auburn Sports Network, Nate Oates has a show like that in Tuscaloosa. He went on his show uh, last night, I believe, and said that, you know, talking about going and traveling to Auburn, playing in Neville Arena, he said, this is their Super Bowl, so we know they're going to be ready.
2: Yeah, and so, I mean, look, that, that this is such a tire, tired narrative that these teams try to force Arkansas and try to do it, which was hilarious because everyone on their schedule beat them. Their first six opponents beat them in the SEC play, so like, is it a Super Bowl if everyone has one? It can't be, but uh, when you look at, I mean, Kentucky, I get why they say it because they've long reigned supreme in this conference in basketball. I get why they say it. I think it's stupid, especially when Auburn when Neville Arena sells out all the time. I still I I will in my heart of hearts I always call it Auburn Arena, by the way. Um but it will it sells out all the time. This isn't new. This isn't like this isn't happening it's not selling out because it's Alabama. It's selling out because of what Auburn basketball has become over the last five years. You have the best, you have the most wins of any SEC team over the last five years, and that just cannot be denied. And then you look at the fact that it is a it's a program that gets up for big games all the time. Yeah, it's a big game. But this isn't like this isn't any different. I mean it's it's a rivalry game, yes. And I know that NATO's isn't used to playing in front of sold out arenas. Because they don't got do him. that at Coleman Coliseum. Got him. But it's loud. I'm, the energy's gonna be there, but the energy's there all the time. The energy was there against AM. Yeah, they just took I, it I out of the not, building. I was not in the arena for the Georgia game. I I, I can't speak to what it felt like in that in that game. But the AM game, the crowd was as loud as I'd heard it in a little bit. AM just as you said, took the air out of the building. But to call it Auburn Super Bowl is so disingenuous to what Auburn has done in the last five
1: years. They've been legitimately a better program than Alabama. I agree. And look. Does a and here's why I'll slightly disagree. I guess does a little bit of it have to do with it being Alabama? Sure, it does. It's Alabama. It's the Iron Bowl of basketball, right? It's the Iron Bowl here on the hardwood. I get that, right? It helps that Alabama is number three in the country. Sure, but this would be. It would be the same story if this was Kentucky being number three, if this was Arkansas being number three, if this was Tennessee being number three coming into Neville Arena tomorrow with college game day going to be there. Pearlville is out and about. They are Tent City, which, by the way, it's supposed to rain tonight. So good luck to those folks. But again. They, I mean, they got yeah, tense. tense. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, it's miserable experience, to, it sounds like to me, but more power to them, dedication from the jungle. But, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, uh, sure, a little bit of it does have to do with the fact that it is Alabama who's a top-five team, but, again, this would be any top-five team from the SEC. Auburn fans do this. The
2: students do so, this. So his quote was, this is always their Let Super me pull Bowl? the exact quote. I, I, I Let want me pull the, the exact, exact quote because last year... The Alabama home game, yeah, it was a big deal, but like the Kentucky one was
1: the big one. So like if he's making a statement that this is always that. Here we go. That's not true. Here's what Nate Oates said on his radio show about the Auburn basketball matchup versus Alabama tomorrow. He said, they're ready to go, Oates said. We know they're going to be ready for that one. That's going to be their Super Bowl. We've got to be ready to bring the energy there in that place. That new arena they've got with the students right on top of you, that place is loud. Look, when
2: when Auburn has been to a place that Alabama's program has never been to, they might get there this year. Alabama's never been to a Final floor. I take issue with you throwing that around. I think that's tired. I think that's stupid. And I think it's only going to motivate the atmosphere even more. And it's gonna—it's a statement that doesn't need to be made because it makes it harder
1: on your team. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what he's saying. I think the I think comment stupid. is stupid. I do. I agree. I don't like the comment. But it's a shot at Auburn, right? It's a shot from from Alabama at Auburn. But I like the way that you put it is, yeah, you now just made it even tougher on your team to go on the road to the toughest place to play it's in the SEC, and
2: it's foolish. Yes, I and, agree. And Nate Oates has a history of maybe not thinking all the time and acting and reacting. I go back to when he told LSU to get off his court with some expletives. That he got to say, to is that for? how
1: he said that? I don't remember that.
2: There was some. There's a word or two that I can't recall at this exact moment which ones he chose to use um but yeah like he's done this type of stuff before, and look, I think the dude is um extremely unlikable I think he's an unbelievable coach unbelievable coach NATO, it's more credit to you um you recruit really well you've built an Alabama program that is good it's really good um but you you also have a ruthlessness to you with how you build your roster that is I respect. Uh I wish Bruce had a little bit more of that. But this is so disingenuous because it diminishes what Auburn's done as a program. And it and to me it overinflates what Alabama is and has been. Cuz Alabama's never like Alabama hasn't been they haven't been to the Final Four. Well, they, they haven't been this don't, they don't reign support. Well they were number one in the country two years ago. Wow. Well, two years ago. Yeah, that's fair. They did. They, they didn't get to any Final Four then. No, they did not. And and I tell you, and that was that was the best Alabama team ever. This team is probably better. I think yes. this team's better, yeah. But uh I just I just think that it's there's so little positive to be gained by saying that. And I just think it's foolish and stupid because it bites you all the time. It bit Cal. It bit
1: Arkansas. I mean, it consistently bites teams when you throw that quarter around. Well, look, if it if it gives some extra motivation to Auburn fans inside Neville Arena tomorrow, I'm okay with that because Lord knows Auburn's gonna need it. They're gonna need all nine thousand plus to be. They're in loud. They're going to need them to be proud. They're going to need everything they can get from the Auburn fans and the Auburn student section because, look, tomorrow's going to be a tough game for Auburn. It's going to be a tough game. Alabama is a very, very good basketball team, very talented, very well coached. They have a legitimate chance to make a run in a Final Four. And Auburn better be ready tomorrow. And I was actually listening last night after I got done with Lee Scott Basketball on the way back from Montgomery. I actually listened to Tiger Talk a little bit, and they had KD Johnson on. And they asked him a couple of questions uh, just about their mindset going into the game. It was Andy Bertram and Brad Law. And they were asking KD uh, just a couple of questions about the preparation, the mindset. And they, he talked about it, how they feel they can run with Alabama. And I think they believe that. Auburn does and that they have to play their game, and if they can get some stops, they'll be okay. Now, I agree with that. I do think Auburn can run with Alabama in their home gym tomorrow. I do. I think Auburn can run with the Crimson Tide inside Neville Arena. I'm shocked with the way
2: that you've talked about this team over the last two weeks.
1: Oh, they're not winning. (laughs) They're not winning tomorrow. But I think they can run with them to an extent. I see a scenario where... Alabama has to flat out win this game like they have to come in and win not just get the win but beat Auburn right but I also see a situation where Auburn does the same Auburn we've seen they'll play good defense this is not Tennessee Alabama can score 90 points if they want to Tennessee can't Alabama can score I see a situation as well where Alabama comes in and beats Auburn by 15 20 points on their home floor I don't see
2: that happening. I really don't. I mean, it might happen. I just, I don't, I think we may see an Alabama team that gets affected a little bit by an atmosphere that they
1: haven't been in yet. Which very well could happen with the star-studded freshman of Brandon Miller.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, this is an Alabama team. I mean, we've seen Alabama teams that are really, really good come into Auburn mm-hmm. and get affected by the crowd. Yeah. You saw Stud freshman, five-star freshman last year, JD Davison. You well, recall how many points he had in Neville Arena? Settle. It was zero. Settle. So I mean, I look. Brandon Miller's much better play player yes, than JD. Yes, and that's has ever. what I
1: was gonna say. Brandon Miller is so much better but, than JD Davison. That's an
2: example of.
1: How the atmosphere can get to some players. Well, look, Neville Arena is the hardest place to play in the SEC. It's one of the hardest places to play in college basketball. I think when Rupp is revved up and ready to go, I think it can be. It can, well, I think that's a I pure think, numbers think, thing. Yes. Well, and
2: just history and everything else. Oh, yeah, Those.
1: but their arena is huge. Yes. Rupp Arena is massive.
2: It's they, like Times of Bowling. It has not been this year. This year it has, because they have lost some random weird ones. Um, but you know it is South it is. Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina. They that Kentucky team should have beat Tennessee at home. Yes. And then or well, no, no, no. It was Kentucky that went on the road to Tennessee, rather. Sorry. I oh, got that's what field. I thought. That's what uh, I thought you meant. But they they should have beat Arkansas at home.
1: And Arkansas went there and beat them by fifteen. Yeah. Without Nick
3: Smith. Yeah,
2: I was
1: about to say an without Arkansas him. team that's not great without their two best players. But Nick Smith is coming back, and
2: that's why Arkansas is going to be a really good team going forward. Arkansas,
1: we could be talking about an Arkansas team that
2: might not have a great seed in the NCAA tournament, but make a third
1: consecutive Elite Eight, which is something we didn't think was possible because we didn't think he was coming back. Exactly. I, there were signs that pointed to him not coming back.
2: When he like. left
0: for
1: California, it's like, yeah, that's
2: not a great sign. But then I get they, they started winning a couple games, and now he's back, and now I think that Arkansas team is going to be a handful going forward. Thank yeah. God Auburn
1: got that win when they did. I was about to say, thankfully Auburn doesn't have to worry about that coming up in the month of February. Let's get to our first break in hour number one. We've got Terry waiting on the Kia of Auburn hotline. We will get to you first when we come back here on the Friday Drive.
0: Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline
1: here on the Friday edition of the drive. 334-321-1390. Terry, you are with us on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Happy Friday.
4: Happy Friday, guys. My Bill and Danny, you sound so different.
1: <laughs> yeah, we uh we, we're yeah, a little bit different today, but we're here. <laughs>
4: um I made a prediction earlier. Uh oh. I think I think Alabama's gonna win eighty five to sixty-six. Wow. wow. That's not, Because that's, quite frankly, Auburn has given me no reason to believe they can keep it close. You gotta yep. give me reasons for I believe it.
1: Um playing at home, uh, that's my only reason, Terry. Home. If this is a neutral site, Alabama wins by twenty, and there's a chance that when Auburn goes to Coleman, it could get ugly.
2: Terry, how many it times really? how many times do you think Auburn has allowed eighty five points this year? Probably not many. The answer is zero. Okay.
4: Well, I, you know, I just, I, but, but how many times has Auburn scored anywhere you know, around 50 or 60?
1: <laughs> More times I mean, than you'd want to admit. Yes. Okay.
4: I just, guys, I just, I just, I think uh, what I think will happen Alabama's going to get up on double digit points just off window green, taking ridiculous, ignorant shots. And they're going to pass the ball and run it out. That's yeah. what they're going to do. I, yeah. I can see it coming.
1: And, and that's the problem, Terry, with me personally is what has Auburn shown us? that gives us confidence going into this game tomorrow. It hasn't been much, it hasn't been much of late. Uh, defensively, right, you can point to the Tennessee game and think, "Okay, that was that was a game where if you can do anything on offense, you win that game." You look at AM, a game that Auburn should have won if officials didn't put themselves into the result. So, those are some positives, but Auburn cannot keep up with Alabama offensively no. on the scoreboard, no. and I think that's a big problem. Look, Great offenses are gonna overcome great defenses at this level of college basketball, and Thank unfortunately you. I think that's what happens tomorrow.
4: I think that's sports in general. That we live in an offensive age now. Uh, because Auburn couldn't score in football either, and look what it got him.
2: That's fair. I think football's a different animal, but I made this statement about basketball score. yesterday with Bill. I think if you're a basketball team, you do not want to be dominant at one and average at the other. Because you think about Alabama, that really good Alabama team was, what, one of the best two or three offensive teams in the country two years ago? They were also extremely spotty, though. Like, what I'm saying is that they were one of the best two or three offensive teams in the country, but they were not good on defense, and then eventually you have a game where you are cold and you get got by a team that's a lot worse than you. If you are really good on defense, you have a game where, somebody gets hot against you and you get beat and if you don't have the offense to to go with it yeah i think if you're i think the best recipe for success especially when you get in a tournament time is to be good to pretty good to maybe very good at both, and not necessarily elite at one and
1: average at the other, which is fair. But to to kind of push back on that a little bit, Alabama this year they're better defensively than they were a couple of years yeah, ago. A hundred percent, they're elite defensively. They're the top three
2: team in the country. That's on what I'm defense. saying. That's the I'm difference. Not, I'm not I, like I'm just making a statement right. about, no, I get about the
1: idea of being I get really it. good at offense as opposed to defense. I think it can even out depending. And the problem I see with Auburn, two guys is. Their defense is really good, and I agree, Carter. Defense keeps you in ball games for 40 minutes. There's the sixth best, best defense in the country. But the problem is when the offense can't put up 50 points, and it's different with basketball, right, because it's the same five guys. Football's a little bit different but the defense and offensive guys being different, but in basketball, it's the same five guys, and when you can't score on offense, eventually, Terry, what happens when the offense can't score? What happens with the defense? You lose. They give in, right? Eventually, yeah, well, they just can't. They, they just wear well, out. They just well, can't hold
0: up.
4: I mean, your legs can't hold. Especially when have tournament Auburn, time. We,
2: we saw Auburn in Knoxville not do anything on offense and hold them to forty six. But I'm saying I yeah, think yeah, that's The trouble coming. is,
4: their Carter. The trouble is, their Carter. Tennessee ain't no good on offense either.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Yes, that's that's an, another fun thing. If you look at the uh, Kin Palm rankings, Tennessee is the number four team in Kin Palm. They are the only team in the top sixteen. With an offense outside of the top 25, they're 64th in offense, but they're so dominant and they're so clearly number one on defense.
4: Okay, This is a question I really want to ask you guys. Has Alabama positioned themselves now to where anything other than the Final Four is a disappointment? Because I'm starting to think that, and that's a very dangerous spot. Because if this team goes to Sweet 16 or even the Elite 8, it's just another good Alabama basketball team.
1: Yeah, that's a fair question, which comes back to the question we were asking a couple of weeks ago, has Alabama peaked, right? This is sort of a secondary question to that. I think they may have put themselves there, especially if they win. I mean, if they win their next couple of games for Alabama, you look at their schedule and who they've beaten already and the talent that they have. Terry, if they beat Auburn and then they go on the road and beat Tennessee in the midweek, Absolutely, they have put themselves in that in that conversation of it's Final Four or bust for this team. They have had a relatively
2: easy SEC schedule to this point. Relatively, <laughs> uh, it gets a lot from this game tomorrow on, with the exception of Georgia and South Carolina. It's pretty tough. I mean, you're at number, you're at Auburn, you're at Tennessee. Then you finish the year against an Arkansas team that's going to be an absolute sleeping giant at the end of the year. Uh, I agree with you, that. You play Auburn again, and then you're on the road at A&M. So like, their schedule gets a lot harder. I think we're going to learn a lot over the next three weeks about just how good the Alabama team is because they're going to get some, tough, some tougher matchups, and can they get up every single time. That's going to be a
1: lot over the next
2: three. And weeks. how good
4: are they when they don't have three or four days to rest? They have to go every other day.
1: Yeah, true. And that's what Fair. you know. That's what Nashville that's will show good. us in the SEC tournament. That's what the NCAA tournament. will that's, show That's
2: that's where your your team that relies on three point shots and shooting a th- right. ton of them. That's where you can run into trouble. It's as if the legs get a little heavy and the shot's not there, mm. then you can get in a all out brawl and it could get ugly and you may not win that fight.
4: Right. Let me ask you guys a quick football question first. You know, I got to touch on football. Of course. Um, is it true that Walker White is out there recruiting other players to come to Auburn? Oh, oh yeah. 100%.
2: Oh, yeah. Terry, Terry, he commits to Auburn, and before he ends his, I guess, interview after the commitment. He name drops 14 guys in the 2024 <laughs> class that he wanted to go to play with him. He's tweeting at multiple guys all the time. He's mm-hmm. tweeted at Martavius Collins, the four-star tight end that just decommitted from Alabama. Uh he's tweeting at Fat Burnett, the four-star uh Andalusia running back, and that's it's just really pub- and that's just publicly. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he's I mean, and he's been part of the Cameron Cole, Coleman mm-hmm. um pitch that 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 Hugh has made. Because right after you saw Walker White commit to Auburn, Hugh texted Cameron Coleman at Central High School just down the road mm. and said, hey, I just got a very highly ranked, big-name quarterback in your class, and I just wanted to let you know that. And after he committed, he mentioned you by name after his commitment. And, awesome. and that made an impact on Cameron Coleman. Awesome.
4: Just found it awesome. And Brian, who?
1: Take care, guys.
5: Appreciate Appreciate the call.
1: That is is Terry joining us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. We have James, who has been holding on uh, for a few minutes now. James, welcome into the drive.
5: Hey, guys. Uh, So, what's the news on uh, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? There seems to be a lot of chatter here lately, and then some of it not so good, some of it. Yeah. Yes. Somewhat, yes so much,
1: so, right. So the original plan uh that's been in place for a while now is that Texas and Oklahoma were going to join the SEC in 2025 uh but they have come together and they are going to pay a combined 100 million dollars to the Big 12 and to Fox Sports to get out of their TV deals, to get out of all the deals that they have with Fox Sports and with the Big 12. They will pay a combined 100 million dollars and they will join the SEC as of July first, 2024. So what that means is this upcoming season will be the final year of a 14 team SEC. And what that starts to bring up is for football specifically, because that's the one that really gets everybody going, right? Is how will scheduling change now that there are 16 teams instead of 14? And and James, the the pretty common Uh, Response right now is to go from eight conference games to nine conference games. You'll have three permanent opponents, and then the others will rotate uh, every basically every year, and you will see the same team twice in a four-year span. You'll play them once a year place, and you'll go to their place. You'll play them twice in a four-year span. And so really what the conversation becomes now is who are each team's three permanent opponents? And for Auburn, two of them seem to be pretty obvious. That third one is the one that really fluctuates right now.
5: I would say it's probably be L- in between LSU and Tennessee, probably, if I had to pick. So For Auburn, I don't.
2: I personally don't think it's going to be we 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 had this this discussion when you start thinking about it from the other team's perspective which is important to do here rather than just from the Auburn perspective from the Auburn perspective yes you would love to keep the Auburn LSU game going I would imagine that for another popular one has been Florida when you look at it from the Florida perspective they're going to keep Georgia they're going to keep Florida together they're going to keep LSU and Florida together. And then for LSU, they're going to keep A&M and LSU because that's become a very fun rivalry here in the short tenure of A&M and the SEC. And probably LSU-Arkansas, right? I don't think LSU cares about that rivalry, but I know Arkansas does. So maybe. Uh, but I, I, I think they they will keep Alabama-LSU above Auburn-LSU if I because of what that game has become over the last decade or so.
5: Well, that's a better. All that's a better plan than what I had. I figured just to keep uh, the divisions and put Alabama and Auburn in the East, and uh, yeah, let Oklahoma and Texas yeah. stay in the West. Right. So.
2: Well, I, I think, think I think divisions are like uh, they're of the past now in college football with the direction that we are all going. I think that uh, you're going to see divisions become less and less of a thing and less
1: important. Well, James, we got to get to a break. Hey, man, we appreciate the call. We got to get to our bottom of the hour break. And then when we come back, we'll talk some more about this and we'll uh, continue to preview Auburn and Alabama and Neville Arena tomorrow. Stay tuned for the Friday drive.
0: Welcome back to the Friday edition
1: of The Drive. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, filling in for Bill and Dan on this Friday afternoon here on ESPN 106.7. We have some great calls here in hour number two. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. Mitch, you are here on The Drive. Hey, guys. I uh, wanted to comment on the
6: whole uh, Oklahoma-Texas thing. Yeah, um, I, I know Bill... Uh, Bill uh, uh kinda did the same thing I did. He took all the teams and kinda, you know, tried to figure out who their three common opponents might be. And mm-hmm. uh you know, I agree with you guys, AU, uh Auburn, L S U, Tennessee for Alabama. Um uh for Arkansas, I've got uh Texas, uh Missouri and Texas A and M. Um
1: I like that draw. That that makes sense to me. Yeah.
6: It's kind I mean, you know, it's 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 local, you know Texas uh, Texas and uh, well you know Texas is a longtime old rival right M, you know, and then Missouri's local. So uh, Auburn, I've got Alabama, Georgia and Mississippi state and and I think I agree with Bill because I think Auburn uh, I think Auburn's played besides Georgia. I think they play Mississippi State more than anybody in the SEC.
1: That's why I'm going with Mississippi State. And, again, uh, I I can't remember if I said it on, on our show on the line before this or here on the drive today, but I, I have a really hard time seeing a situation where Auburn doesn't get one of the Mississippi schools, and I think it will be Alabama, right. Georgia, and Mississippi State. Right.
6: Okay, and then uh, if you look at Florida, obviously they Georgia. LSU since they've been playing them since 92 and then I, I threw Tennessee in there for Florida just because of the way it was back in the early 90s that was a big uh-huh.
1: yeah I thought about that too
6: there yeah, um, it just
1: seems really heavy for Florida
6: well yeah I know but not
1: saying uh, it, not uh, saying it won't happen I just I I what we've been talking about Mitch is we hope that the SCC doesn't do that to the top teams right don't give them 3 extremely difficult games give them their two rivalries they which are, are normally good games and then throw in one of those bottom 4 bottom 5 teams to make it a little bit more balanced which gives you a better chance at an extended college football playoff down the road too
2: Greg Sankey and Birmingham are smart enough to realize that in a in an expanded playoff they need to to properly kind of even out everybody's permanent opponents to make it easier for five, six teams to make the 12-team playoff from this conference. Because if done well, it can happen. If you go all in on preserving rivalries, you make it really difficult on Alabama, on Auburn, on Florida, on LSU, and a bunch of teams in this conference at the very top. And you make it more difficult to get more teams in.
6: I, I totally agree with that. Let me let, let me give you a couple more that I've got. Yeah, I, I kind of went with I kind of went with the I kind of went with the six teams that have won the SEC championship. Uh, uh, I think the last non-team in this six was Ole Miss in like 1960 or 61. But anyway, uh, Georgia, I got AU, Florida, obviously, and then South Carolina. That was a big rivalry yeah. for them back in the back in the 80s when Herschel was there. Um, so and let's see LSU, you guys already mentioned Texas A and M, Alabama, they've played forever. And then Ole Miss. That used to be yeah. that was a big rivalry that's back you know in the fifties and sixties, LSU and Ole Miss. So that's who I got for them. Um let's see Tennessee, Alabama, Vandy, and Florida. That's I like them. that. That that makes I a lot like that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then uh, and then let's see uh let's see I got Texas and Texas A and M. Uh, Texas, yes. Oklahoma, obviously Texas A and M, same state, and then Arkansas.
2: A hundred percent. That one, that one, I feel like is the easiest one to figure out, to me. Yeah. I think I think Texas, because of the, the the rivalry, they come in with Oklahoma. You reignite Texas, Texas A and M, and then Arkansas. I know that that was a rivalry in the past. That one makes a lot of sense to me. And,
6: and then my last one, Texas A and I got uh, Texas, obviously. LSU and then
1: Arkansas. Yeah, so. yeah. Those all those all sound good to me, Mitch. I mean those those all sound pretty solid. They all make sense, right? It, it sounds like you've kept all the big rivalries intact. Um, uh, the only one that I would sort of disagree with was again the Florida one, just because I don't think, and they very well might. Man, they very well might. I just hope that they don't stack up on the bigger teams, on the top teams, with three top right. permanent opponents. Doesn't mean they won't, because I agree, I think Florida-Tennessee is a big game, but hopefully they figure out a way to do that, but I'm definitely with you on Auburn playing Mississippi State. For Auburn, I just, if I would want yeah. so desperately for Vanderbilt. <laughs> so
6: oh,
5: yeah, <laughs> <desperately>, yeah. <laughs> I, I
6: understand. Well, you know, with Florida and Georgia, you could possibly flip uh, Tennessee to Georgia's three and South Carolina to Florida's three, maybe. Yeah, you know, because Georgia's Tennessee's been a good game. I mean, it's been a game that's been played forever.
1: There you go. Know. There you go. I, I like I like the sound of that, Mitch. I like that better.
6: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we don't get to we don't get to make the decisions. We just get to predict. But that's uh,
1: right. Yeah, Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey's not calling me. He may give you a call though. I don't Mitch, know,
2: Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> I just think that the SEC and Birmingham would be so foolish to. Stack all of these for the sake of making sure all of the rivalries are intact, a hundred percent. Because then you're making it very, very difficult at the top of your conference, and they are savvy enough in Birmingham to know: okay, if we even this out, we space this out, we can give ourselves a chance to absolutely dominate a 12-team playoff and and really just like suffocate out all the other conferences in the country.
6: I, I you know. I agree with that, and there's probably there's probably somebody in a in a in an office with no windows and a whiteboard that's got all these teams up there and <laughs> and and is doing the same thing that I did in my uh, my uh, composition book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and and so, you know what, Mitch? In a couple of years, it's probably going to have to be done again. Yeah, huh? yeah, probably. Because I don't think <laughs> the SEC's done at 16. I just I don't think I I, I think the the power two, or whatever you want to call it, I think that is all. It's coming at some point, so I don't think the SEC's done at 16.
6: Well, I mean, I always wanted, I mean, before Texas and Oklahoma, which which satisfied, I always thought we should get you, uh, uh, NC State to have the Carolinas and then Virginia Tech to have Virginia. Interesting. Yeah. So-
2: see, see I, I think realignment has shifted from Trying to attack markets and like expand the footprint, and now it's attracting brands and brands that draw eyeballs. Which for me, I think the next two members of the SEC after Texas and Oklahoma are Clemson and Florida State yep. or Miami. Yeah. Pick, yep. pick one of those yeah. two, but but because yeah. those are bigger brands and those are going to attract eyeballs. Clemson yeah. eventually. Clemson is going to say, to heck with this and the lack of money we are getting. Let's go join the the SEC. That's going to happen. And then FSU, to me, is the other logical add as well.
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, just for, just because of proximity. And when, when we expanded to 12, I think FSU had a chance to come into the SEC when we went to 12. But mm-hmm. they were like, ooh, I don't know. It might be a little bit easier to win in the ACC. <laughs> just a little bit. Oh. So, yeah just a little bit all right guys Worry, we'll talk to y'all soon yeah it's good to appreciate hear from
1: you mitch we appreciate the call we get off the phone with him we'll go back to the kia of auburn hotline we've got anthony here on the friday drive
5: hey guys how you guys doing we are doing, doing right. fantastic
1: are you?
5: man you know i saw the buyout to get out of the uh big 12 and leave early as 100 million that's 100 million for each team or it's 50 million piece. i think it's combined, combined. Oh, it's combined, okay. Now, it's going to be – I don't know if you guys know the terms or anything, but is it over a period of time to be paid back or just a short time frame?
1: I would imagine – I don't know this for sure – I would imagine they'd have to pay that before they could technically so, leave. So,
2: the way it's going to work is I know $20 million from Oklahoma and Texas goes directly to Fox Sports. And okay. then the $80 million, it's my understanding, and I could have this wrong, is their revenue split – that that they will not be getting, and okay. and the Big Twelve is just going to keep that and redistribute right. it amongst the other eight teams. So every oh, all the other eight yeah. schools that this because this is pre yeah this is pre the revenue split for the new incoming four teams in the Big Twelve. They're going to split that ten million dollars amongst the other eight schools uh, that were left after Texas and Oklahoma leave.
5: So they're gonna forfeit their split that they would get would have gotten, and they're gonna leave. So I mean, that's gonna put a, a tight string on the on, on the budget for a minute. I would think if you got to leave without, without, I mean, you got to leave with an empty purse to change conference for a year or so until you get the uh, what the Southeastern Conference pays out the next time around.
2: Right. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but, you
5: know, but
1: that goes hey, SEC will fill that purse up pretty quick, though.
5: <laughs> you know that goes to show you. Like I've been telling people all the time, if they can afford to do that. Then plenty of bread is being made, and that means enough money to continue to do all the NIL and all that stuff without even coming up with these crazy restrictions to restrict somebody's financial yeah. income. Because, hey, if somebody want to pay you or come up with some kind of deal for you to endorse a product or whatever it is, I mean, as long as it ain't nothing indecent, then uh, why not let somebody endorse a product and uh, yeah. and whatever a financial situation that that put on the table, If it's, if you think that's the best deal for you, why not get it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I'm Anthony, absolutely with you.
2: I, I think this is a short-term, like take the short-term loss and the money that they will make over time in the SEC will more than make up what they are losing in the interim here. And so I think yeah. it's, it's a long game play financially
1: for both of these schools.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good weekend. Yeah, Thanks. you too, man. You Anthony. Too.
1: Good to hear from you. That is, uh, Anthony joining us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. We're going to take our final break, come back, give our final thoughts on everything going on this weekend. That is Auburn and Alabama basketball, the Super Bowl gymnastics tonight. And, uh, just a reminder that the second hour of the drive is brought to you by our good friends at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic Care with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you on the web at theorthoclinic.com. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Friday drive.
0: Wrapping up the Friday edition of
1: The Drive. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird filling in for Bill and Dan on this Friday afternoon. It has been the Jacob and Carter Show on ESPN 106.7 all afternoon long. We had our talk show uh, called On the Line from 2 to 4. Comes out every day Monday through Friday right here on ESPN 106.7 before The Drive. And then we have filled in today for Bill and Dan here on The Drive. Been two great shows today. Uh, Lots of great calls, great guests. Uh, It's been a lot of fun here in the studio. But as we wrap up uh, the Friday edition of The Drive, if you missed any of today's show, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. Uh, You can find it at ESPNAU.com. Click on the Podcast Center. It'll all be right there, commercial-free, right after the show. So be sure you go and do that. Podcast is brought is brought to you by uh, Southeastern Industrial Contractors. But, Carter, as we wrap up the show, a couple of events to talk about. Auburn Gymnastics at home tonight versus LSU. It is a top-ten matchup in college gymnastics. Uh, the Auburn girls' gymnastics team looking for a big win. They've put up some impressive scores recently, uh, but unable to get a couple of those wins. And in gymnastics, uh, as we know, but if some people aren't aware, it's not, as crazy as it sounds, it's not technically about the wins in the regular season. It's about the scores that you post in those meets, right? Yes. So the rankings are based off of your overall scores, your average... All that type of stuff. Now, you do want to win, don't get me wrong, but you don't technically have to win to move up in the polls. And so big night for gymnastics tonight, <laughs> Auburn uh number five, right? And LSU yes. number nine, I believe. Yes. Auburn, uh so they do
2: weigh road scores a little bit heavier. Yes. Uh, which is why Auburn moved, despite losing to Alabama, moved up from six to five this past week, because Auburn posted a season best score on the road at Alabama and a loss. Alabama went berserk in that at the very end and just stormed ahead, which was nuts. They had a little
1: home cooking, too.
2: (laughs) But, yeah, I think they posted... They posted miles better on the floor than they had at any point this year and posted the highest floor score in the country. And they had like six
1: girls go for career bests. Like, it was, it was. Well,
2: everybody went for a 9 9 plus on the floor for Alabama in that one. Yeah. Uh, but Auburn really needs to post a really good score tonight. And I think they probably will. The energy will be there. And if Auburn does that, Auburn can continue this quest to, I mean,. We're talking about a legitimate threat to win a national championship in gymnastics in SUNY Lee's final year at Auburn. You want to talk about somebody who could, she already has, but could drastically change the program of Auburn and take it to, and she would change the landscape of college gymnastics if she takes what was a solid, what was a good Auburn program a good Auburn program before she got here. And if she wins a national, if she takes this team to a national championship, Darion Goburn and Suni Lee will have completely changed the face of this program and changed the landscape of college gymnastics because we've already seen how Suni Lee has changed recruiting in gymnastics. Auburn has, has gotten way more talent than they ever have before thanks to her being on campus and the way
1: that she promotes Auburn. Right, and I think that's important to note is that Yes, Suni Lee is is magnificent. She's literally one of the best gymnasts in the entire world. But there's a lot of talent around her right now as well, which she has helped build that in recruiting and all of that. So I 100% agree. Uh, Suni Lee will uh, probably get her own statue at Auburn at some point. I think she deserves it. She is one of the biggest names they to come through a, here. If they win a championship, 100%. She's one of the biggest names to come through Auburn, and I put her. She will go up there with Bo, Cam. Uh, I mean, those types of. of of guys and and athletes that have come through auburn suny lee will be one of those so that is tonight over at neville arena auburn and lsu in a top 10 matchup Uh, you got the super Bowl on sunday i know we're both looking forward to that uh should be a good game eagles and chiefs but as we wrap up here carter auburn hosting alabama tomorrow in basketball the number three team in the country coming into neville arena does auburn get the win I think
2: Auburn loses, but by less than five. I kind of have it in my head as a 71-67 game. I think Auburn takes a loss, but competes for the entire 40 minutes.
1: I think Auburn will be in it. And as I've said, Alabama is going to have to come into Neville Arena and beat Auburn. They are going to have to win that basketball game. And quickly, what I mean by that is Alabama's not going to come in here and just out-talent Auburn and just win easily. They're going to have to fight for 40 minutes because Auburn's going to fight them for 40 minutes, and the crowd's going to be there. The crowd's going to be very supportive, and the crowd will be a deciding factor tomorrow over Alabama if Auburn can feed off of that run your offense a little bit, knock down some shots. You're going to have to score more than 60 points to beat Alabama tomorrow. Sorry to to burst your bubble if you're Auburn. You're going to have to score more than 60 points to win this game tomorrow. I don't think Auburn gets it done. I'm going to take Alabama 78, Auburn sixty. Seven. That's my final score prediction. 78-67, I'll take Alabama Didn't by Didn't you 11.
2: say that they were going to lose by 15-plus earlier?
1: No, I said I could see that situation. Okay. I could see that scenario where Alabama comes in and they put up a 45-point performance in the first half like we've seen Auburn give up this year. If they do that, it's over. Auburn will lose by 20. So defense better show up, man. Uh, but should be a good one tomorrow. Should be a great weekend. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend.